What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Hamilton, All-American Safety for University of Notre Dame, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. And again, it's another summer scouting series. And this time it's our running back class. And we have myself, Raj, hosting. And then joining me today is our other host, who usually who's been hosting the defensive podcast, but is joining me for the running back podcast today. Lee, Lee, how you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. It's, it's weird to be on this side of the, the hosting microphone because obviously I spent a couple of years hosting. Apart from the odd the odd show, and now yeah, sitting in your your company doing the hosting, taking the work off me, which is nice. Exactly, you can relax and yeah. chill, crack open a beer if you want, <laughs> and just uh, yeah, it, it, enjoy the process because uh, as you know and I know, hosting is fun, but it can be um, there. There is a little bit more work to do, but it's all good anyway. So yeah, absolutely. In, enjoy enjoy the feeling. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to be talking about running backs, and I don't know about you, Lee, but. This is a really interesting class because for me, uh, maybe it hasn't got maybe the star name that of last year of Najee Harris, but the depth here I think is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Um, what was, what's your overriding opinion on, on this class so far? Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, mate. Um, there is a bit more depth from last year, but it's a, it's a little bit like the draft class as a whole, I think, because we've been saying about a couple, maybe not as a whole, but as a couple of positions where maybe lacking a little bit of star power at the top. But the depth and like you know the good value that you'll get right into the day two from many positions, including this running back class, I think is, is really there. It's really prevalent. Um, I think you know I've got a couple of notes in my in my notes here that a couple of running backs that I've got in my top five are quite similar in terms of like their deficiencies, and I'll we'll obviously come on to that a little bit later. But yeah, there's a lot of names, and I've enjoyed watching this tape. Obviously, I've been concentrating on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching running backs has been has been a nice little break actually, and a nice little change of pace. Yeah, it reminds me not so much of last year's class, but the, the class before where you had a, like a, a raft of players that came out in the second round, like J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers and mm. DeAndre Swift. I think it's a, you, could, you could maybe peg that class very similarly to that uh, to the year before. But um, yeah, we're going to go into the names. And as per usual, we're going to go through our top five and guys we think are overhyped and guys we think are underrated. So Lee, as you've been uh, enjoying an offensive uh, video session, Kick us away with your number five. So my number five is actually a guy who myself and Andrew discussed a little bit um, last time when we were doing the SEC pod, uh, SEC preview pod. And it's Jerry Neely from Old Miss. He's a player that I've just really just kind of fell in love with. I heard you have been listening to the offensive pods and hearing you. You've got a couple of draft crushes already throughout the, the series and for the, moving into the season. Jerry Neely, I think, is one of mine. Um, I just really like the way he plays. He's obviously got a really nice background in terms of like the sports he's played because he's a multi-sport athlete. Actually got drafted, as mentioned before, on the SEC pod by the Arizona Diamondbacks in the 31st round of the MLB draft. Um, so obviously, you know, can play two sports at a quite a high level. He was a five-star recruit, a um, bit undersized, 5'9", 190. Uh, but I think he's got really nice burst and really nice patience. And I think burst for me, because obviously it's, it's such a position that requires that burst, it's such an important skill to have the running back position and he's got nice vision as well to go along with it and he can cut really nicely so for a small back he's quite nifty quite nippy like I say he's got that burst um, I'm not sure if he's got uh, 
super breakaway speed, and that's one thing I am going to highlight, I think, with quite a lot of the guys. We've not obviously got that Travis Etienne kind of player in this draft class where he's got that angle, uh, angle breaking speed. Um, we've got a lot of really good athletes, but no kind of like Olympic speed athletes. They're not right at the top anyway. You know, further down the draft board, we might get some real speedsters. Um, anyway, he's got good hands as well. Maybe that baseball background coming into fruition a little bit there. Um, but because of his kind of style and because of his that build, I think he's very much like a zone scheme running back. He's not ever going to play another power kind of scheme like the Ravens or the Titans or anything like that. So he's got no scheme versatility, which is a bit of a drawback. And I think some people pigeonhole him because of his size and things like that. It's like, a, oh, you've got to be committed back. But I don't, I don't know about that. You know, he's, he's really talented. And he's a player that I've really enjoyed watching over the past few days and, and week or so. And I think with the with Ole Miss as a team, who the arrow is definitely pointing upwards, I feel like he can have a real career year so far. You know, he's got about seven, 800 yards each year. I think he can push over 1,000 this year, especially with like a full slate of fixtures. Well, I think we're already going to have a, a little disagreement, a little bit of a fight, because I've actually got <laughs> Jerry on Ely as one of my overrated guys. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because I think it's just, it's just a small frame. And I, I find his running style very upright. Mm. So... I want him to sort of be that, to lower his pad level and to actually sort of be a little bit more manoeuvrable um, when he's initial on his initial quick bursts. I, and, and the thing is for me, that size does worry me quite a bit because he's a, he's a slender um, yeah. 195 pounds. He's not, he hasn't got, he hasn't got any thickness to him. So in terms of breaking arm tackles, I think that's my biggest concern, especially at the next level. So that's why I've got him as one of my overhyped guys. I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up a great stat number this year, especially in the offense, as you said. But it's just his build, his thickness, and then how that how that translates into the NFL is just something that worries me. He may be sort of maybe similar to like an Aaron Jones as as that kind of back that's more nimble, but I just think he needs to add a little bit more thickness to maybe get to that level. And that's why I have him as a bit overhyped. Yeah, there's a few. There's, there's not really too many really big backs in this class either, are there? I think we've got, at least in my top five and a couple of other guys who uh, just missed out, I feel like, yeah, they're, they're, they're not big bruising backs. There's no, like, AJ Dillon. I know he's kind of an extreme example, but there's hmm. no kind of, like, kind of who you say, yeah, well, there is a couple. But they say, like, yeah, he's a definite, you know, three-down running back. He's got an NFL body type and all that sort of spiel that you hear from scouts and people like us. I think we've got a couple of smaller guys in here um, right at the top. And um, yeah, it's definitely going to be one of those things that we see throughout the draft class, I feel. No, it's going to be interesting. And we're going to keep it in the SEC. And it's actually, a lot of my list is very focused on the SEC. There's a there's a lot of guys that, that um, yeah, I do quite like in my top five. But number five is South Carolina's Kevin Harris. Now, he actually ran for more yards than Najee Harris last year. He was a top uh, runner in the SEC last year. Now, he is your typical bowling bowl, bowling ball of a running back. He loves contact. He's not afraid to lower his shoulders and, and really drive into those linebackers. And, and what I like to see with a running back of that stature and size is just he's always falling forward. He's never, never sort of being... Uh, the contact never pushes him back and he's always got his legs moving and he's just that bowling ball frame really helps. He's strong, he breaks tackles um, and he's quite deceptive. He's got quite deceptive speed for a man his size. If you watch the Ole Miss game where he ran for 234 yards and five touchdowns, he was breaking away some some chunky runs during, during that game and for a man that size, his speed is deceptive, especially uh, his initial burst and initial quickness. It, it, 
it's faster than you think. Also, what I like to see is a goal line back as well. So to get those those one, two yards on the goal line, quarterback's best friend, uh, that that's obviously extremely useful. Um, and yeah, I, I, I love his tape. I think he's going to have another big season this year in an offense that isn't isn't great. So to to generate those yards and to generate that kind of production is is something that you can really hang his hat on. Um, what I would say as a receiving back, he's not that great, and he's not as elusive in his cuts. But you would expect that from a man his size. But he's a fun player to watch. I actually uh, watching him. I. I I was thinking about uh, Javante Williams last year, like that bowling ball, big mm. back, bruising, knocking people over, sort of loving the contact. And, and that's the kind of player that I was watching when I was looking at Kevin Harris. Mm. You, just a quick question, obviously, about this style of running back. We hear, obviously, obviously running back's life in the league is so short. I guess it doesn't really matter because obviously, obviously teams now just run him into the ground. But would you have any concerns? I don't think he's had any big injuries or anything like that, Harris. But do you have any concerns like playing against bigger players? Because, you know, Javante Williams was like, you know, you say, he's got the same sort of concerns attached to him. Do you think like he'll, he'll last in the league? Yeah, well, it's actually very similar to Javante Williams last year because, well, Kevin Harris has actually had some minor back surgery. Oh, um, okay. this, <laughs> this preseason. So, so he is coming back from injury, but he should be, he should be ready for week one. But, I forgot who their other running back is at South Carolina, but they have um, they have a running back stable, so he's not he's not the complete bell cow, and uh, so I don't think there was going to be so much tread on the tires when it comes to him going into the NFL. Whereas other running backs, if they're the bell cow, and we might go onto one a couple in a couple in a couple of names time, but um, that that could be a problem, obviously going into the NFL. So I think he'll be fine. I think his style, yes, it, it, it is. It can wear him down maybe more. But if it, if you can have that production for four years, mm. that's we know that giving a running back a second contract in the NFL is fraught with danger. Yeah. So if you get four years worth of production out of him, and then you say you get rid of him afterwards, I think. It's fine. That's what yeah. that, yeah, exactly. That's that's what you're supposed to do. That's that's yeah. what a big, that's what a co franchise does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's, yeah, like I say, I think he's a fun player. Um, he didn't make it into my top five, just a bit of a spoiler alert. He's not going to be um, shouted out for me. But yeah, no, I can see a lot of the virtues that you've sort of shouted out there. Um, and like I say, if you manage your running backs correctly, like you say, in a smart way, the thing that I mentioned doesn't really matter. He had a bit of a production explosion, didn't he, as well, last year, and hopefully he'll do that again. He did. And in, in the NFL, he'll be a two-down back. So he he, he won't be on third-down packages because his, mm. his receiving skills aren't just there at the minute. So... Obviously, that that should mean less tread on the tires as well because he's he's only one or two first or second down. That's where you'll see him on the, on the field. Um, cool. Who's your number four? It is um, one of a couple of backs. Uh, well, out of Oklahoma. So obviously, they've got a couple of nice backs. One's just come in, and one mm-hmm. has been the incumbent for a little bit while. Which way do you think I've gone here? Because I've got, but I'm going to mention both tonight. Let's give me. Let, let me well, give me I, I've got I've got one in my list. I think you're going to go for. I think we're going to disagree, you know. Oh, are you? Oh, are you? Okay. <laughs> Go on. Hit, hit me up with you. Don't disappoint me. Who are you going to, who are you going to say? Okay, so my number four is Eric Gray. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I, thought we were, <laughs> I thought we were going to do that. Um, yeah, I really like Eric Gray. Um, I think I said, um, it might have been on the SEC pod again, I can't remember. It might have been on our Big 12 pod. Um, I can't remember which team I was talking about, whether I was talking about Tennessee or whether I was talking about Oklahoma. I was saying I don't even know why Tennessee gave Ty Chandler the ball. Yeah. Eric Gray is so much better. The whole the whole team should run through him, you know, especially when you've got 
Guarantano at quarterback, you know, you've not got too much at quarterback, so you would have thought running game. And I was enjoying, especially watching Eric Gray's uh, tape against Alabama, because Josh Palmer had an absolute day against Patrick Satan as a Chargers fan. I'm looking forward to seeing that on Sundays. But anyway, back to Eric Gray. Yeah, four-star recruit. A um, little bit bigger, a little bit thicker, 5'10 to 10, uh, should I say. Um, I'm really looking for him to have like a really big year. Because like I said, going over to Oklahoma, even though he's got Kennedy Brooks in the backfield and he's going to be sharing those reps, I do think there'll be like a real top potent offense. And just as a bit of a side note, he's wearing number zero as well. So he's got to be in the top five just for that. <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, he's got, he's got a thicker build. I think he uses that power to his advantage as well. He doesn't have to gear down too much when he's changing directions either. So he can kind of keep on moving forward without, um, like I say, giving the defender a chance to kind of get arms on him or get hands on him and, and disrupt his forward movement. I think he's a willing pass protector. I won't go so far to say about someone else who we'll probably both talk about a little bit later on who's an absolute animal in pass protection. Um, catching is really, really good. Like, really good. I think he's probably the best receiving back in this class, I would say. Um, really smooth route runner as well. And I think he can get skinny through the gap. So he's not just kind of like an outside zone kind of guy who can um, you know, be only using like a 49ers kind of offense. He's kind of a bit versatile in that sense. Like, another one who, in the con section, it's got the same sort of thing that I'm going to say about most people. He's a fine athlete, but not like amazing. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Obviously, splitting reps with um, Ty Chandler in Tennessee, he was doing the same thing, but in a much better offense now. So I'm looking, again, I'll use the same phrase I did about Kevin Harris. I hope he gets a bit of an explosion of uh, production, and I'm really looking forward to watching Yeah, so I have him as my number two, and very similar to what you said. I think one of the things that stands out for me on the film is his vision to find the hole is really, really, really good. And his, his cuts are really sharp and decisive, like he mm. really sticks his foot in the ground. And like you said, he's the real three down back. I think in the NFL, he would be the spearhead of an offense. Yeah. Um, his receiving skills are really good. It'll be really interesting to see, and I would be interested to see what your view is on, because of his pass protection being not great and being in that Oklahoma offense where, yeah, just, just plays that are outside of scope and, and just sort of the creativity of, of, of Spencer Rattler. Do you think that's something that he really needs to work on now going to Oklahoma? Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, he's going to have a, a quarterback that is probably a bit less predictable in Spencer Rattler because, like you say, he moves around, he likes to do creative things, he plays off the cuff a lot more than any of the quarterbacks that he would have played with in Tennessee. And, you know, just moving into the next level, which obviously is what we're looking at here, he'll need to improve in the NFL because, you know, if an NFL coach is going to want to trust him, especially as a rookie, you know, in his first, maybe even second year as well, he's going to trust him on third down because obviously he can do the passing stuff, but plenty of other running backs in the NFL can do the passing stuff as well. So the, the, the kind of tiebreaker almost might be his uh, pass blocking, which he does need improvement in. So yeah, hopefully he does. Hopefully it's another kind of year of maturity and things like that that he does get under his belt. And, um, you know, again, coaching... He's just going to be at a high level as well. Obviously, Lincoln Riley, probably one of the best coaches at the college football level as well. So you'd hope that he'll get another bump in his uh, his level throughout the season as well on all fronts. But yeah, definitely on uh, the pass blocking side of things. Yeah, exactly. I have him number two. And like you said, behind a better offence, behind a better offensive line, there was only really Trey Smith at, at Tennessee last year that was an adequate lineman. Mm. Could he be in the Heisman conversation? Oh, it would need a really good season. And I mean, I'm talking about my number four back. And I think my number one back has got a an outside chance, obviously, because it's a running back. Yeah. And he's going to be super productive. Um, so, I mean, isn't everyone in Oklahoma on the guys and watch this because of the way this offense is? 
Sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things as well, isn't it? He's going to split carries with Kennedy Brooks. So, yeah. probably not. I would say maybe. Maybe, but maybe an outside, outside name. Outside, but outside, outside name. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he does there. So, he was my number two. But my number four is someone that you may be high on is Isaiah Spiller from A&M. Yes, I am higher. <laughs> so, he is, he's, he, is my, he is my number two. So, we've got those flipped round. Oh, we've got them flipped round. So, put great. So, 6'1", 225. Uh, from Texas A&M. So he is a power runner. He's a, And one thing you really notice is even once engaging in contact, his legs just keep moving and he's always searching for that extra few yards. Um, he's got a very quick burst and acceleration and he is a really, really good pass blocker, like seriously good pass blocker. And he's had no fumbles in his A&M career. The only thing that I don't quite like is he's a very upright runner. And I would like to, him to lower his pad level a little bit more and, and really maybe engage in a little bit more contact. Um, and he's maybe not as decisive in his cuts, but that might be reason due to his size, two two five six one. If you look at some of the smaller guys that we may be talking about later on, you can really see when they dig their foot in the ground and, and make that sharp cut like, like we just talked about with Eric Gray. Um, but there's no doubting his, his skill and production. He is decent. He's a decent receiver as well. Um, so he's got all the tools to be a three down back and, and yeah, especially the pass blocking last year, obviously Keller Mondes can generate praise off script as well. So to have a, a really good pass blocking uh, facet to his game is, is, is going to be really important going forward. And I expect another big season from him, obviously in behind the line with the likes of uh, Kenyon Green. Um, don't, don't be surprised if he if he notches up a, a stellar stat season as well. And is maybe in the conversation for Heisman as well. Um, but yeah, no, I'll be interested to see why you have him at number two rather than I have him at four. So it's a lot of the same sort of things, to be honest with you. Um, so one thing that I really was impressed with um, was, even though he does love contact, as you mentioned before, and he is this bigger back, and he probably is, I think, not really running through my notes, that, I don't want to waste that much time, but he's probably the biggest back that I've got in my top, um, top five in both weight and height maybe as well. And he does love contact, but I was really impressed with the way he lets his box set up in front of him. And he gets um, you know, gets runners out in front of him. And he doesn't like just charge ahead indiscriminately, depend no, not caring really what's in front of him. He lets people get out and and set things up really nicely. I'd really like as well how young he is, and he's, he's not even twenty yet. You know, and he's going to go through into this season, like you say, hopefully going to have a real real big season. You know, we're all pretty high on Texas A&M. You know, it's all about if Haynes King can put things together. They've got the playmakers to make that offense really really good. And, you know, a few of the things going from as well, as we mentioned on the SEC pod. I think that he is a little bit of a projection in this, but I do think he can really, really go. And I think he can really challenge my number one guy to be the best running back in college football. But he's not, like say, he's not got that breakaway speed. He's not got, to, you know, when he gets to that second level, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, beating too many safeties and, and corners if he is out on the edge to, to the end zone. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's all there, like the rest of it is a complete package aside from that. Um, and like I say, he's got the size, he's got the speed to be able to be a good NFL running back. And I mean, running backs anyway, you're not going to draft him in the first round generally, are you? You know, unless they're truly, truly special. So if we're looking end of the first round, start the second, I think you've got a running back here for, you know, the NFL to be really, really productive. And yeah, I'd, maybe it's all the same points that you were making. Maybe I like a couple more things, but I just maybe rate them a little bit higher than maybe you do. I don't know. I'm not really saying anything different, to be honest. I, I think age is a really big thing because if you think about it, going to be 20, drafted when he's 20, four years. Well, if, if he is drafted in the first round, the extra year. So 
second contract at 25 so there still might be some some legs in in, in mm. a second contract so yeah i think i think that's definitely one positive that i was unaware of until you told me but can can really boost his profile mm. yeah because like i say it's diligent teams that are not really awarding these contracts are they so yeah coming out as a young junior then it's going to be in his favor exactly who's your number three so it is Kyron Williams from Notre Dame, who yeah. I was referencing earlier as this absolutely animal in pass blocking. I thought he's like pass blocking is A plus. So considering how good of a receiver he is as well, this guy's a, a three-down running back in the NFL from day one. I think you can have a team who are lacking a running game. You can draft Kyron Williams quite easily and he'll be that guy. He plays above his size. In, you know, he's 5'9", 195 I've got down here for star recruit who's that was actually wide receiver in high school until he started playing more running back so that's that's where the running back uh, sorry the receiving skills come from you know i just think this guy plays like isaiah spiller in terms of size he's absolutely fearless he loves contact he's got great contact balance as well the amount of times i was watching his tape and you know someone taps his leg or something like that and he kind of like writes himself almost in midair sometimes there was one uh, play in particular, who is it against? So he's on the goal line and he gets like contacts a couple of yards from the, the goal line and yeah. he manages to kind of like write himself in the air and he turns out those couple of yards through contacts again. And he really is sometimes he's the aggressor, you know, against the linebacker and something like that. He's the aggressor and he's always aware of cutback lanes as well. And going back to both his pass blocking and also his uh, aggressiveness. I feel like he uses his height and his leverage to his advantage. I feel like he really like knocks people away because he's a bit low down. And he can get that kind of lift and then go on his way and get more yards. And, and really, you know, the only thing really holding him back is that I've got down here that he doesn't have, for his height and weight, he doesn't have elite level speed, in which you'd expect him to at 5'9". Um, so it's kind of like a weight-adjusted kind of thing. He's quick, like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I've got plenty of quick people in this top five. But he just doesn't have that breakaway speed that I really want to see. He'll kind of beat them with a little wiggle, like the the Clemson uh, regular season game. And I think he mm-hmm. took it six five yards. He beat I can't remember the guy's name, the, the white safety for Clemson. Beat him with a little wiggle, you know, drop of the shoulder, and then went past him. I don't yeah. know if he'd beat beat a, a really quick corner like that. Yeah, no, I don't have him in my top five. But you know how we were talking. No, no, I don't. I don't because. Um, Again, the size is a bit of a concern, and I don't think he's a great receiving back. There was, oh, okay, had, I disagree on that. Yeah, he had some concentration drops. Um, what was the tape I saw? Was it against Florida? Um, or there was there was some tape where just there was a couple there was a couple of instances where just concentration drops where he's he's already looking ahead and he's already mm. wanting to make those those yards after the catch. That is coachable. So yes. like, it, so it's one of those things that can be sorted. Um, but yeah, I don't have him in my top five, even though I love his pass blocking. It is so good. There was a play, uh, again, I watched on film whereby he's pass blocking a defensive tackle or defensive end. And Ian Book's just, I don't know what he's doing in the backfield. And I think he's on the on the verge of being sacked and falling over. And he just lobs it. And Kyron Williams is uh, five yards, six six yards down the field. He hasn't really turned turned around yet. And he's pretty much on the floor after after blocking the defensive end. And he's still catching the ball. And it's like, Christ, like a man that's probably double your size blocking him and then still making a play afterwards. It's it it I think he's in that for me, he's in that tier just below the top five. And there's loads of backs in that tier, just of mm. different statures, different strengths. But why I like Kyron Williams is why I don't like Jerry O'Neill because he's a thick 
195. He's got a butt, as, as we as we were talking about in our in our draft draft stuff last year, whereby mm. he can break arm tackles with his thick frame. So I do like him. I see why you like him, but I don't have him in my top five. But yeah, I'm again I'm excited to see what he does again this year. Yeah, I mean, hopefully you'd like to think that Jack Cohen will be a bit of a upgrade on Ian Book. I'm never a big fan of Ian Book. I don't know what your opinion <laughs> of him was. But um yeah, I mean I'm not saying Jack Cohen's a you know crazy talented quarterback, but I was never a big fan of Ian Book, if I'm honest with you. So hopefully yeah. that'll, that'll help open up the passing game, which will open up a bit more lanes for Kyron Williams. Well, sorry, Sean Payton will turn Ian Book into the second coming, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're, let's see what he does with Jameis first. And exactly. I'll have to eat a lot of humble pie if Jameis turns into something, to be fair. This exactly, yeah. Um, okay, my number three is a guy that's probably not on many people's radars, but I just love, I just love the way he goes around it. And it's uh, Zamir White from... Um, uh, Georgia, five eleven, two fifteen. So he's your prototypical size and size and weight running back, yeah. and, and you've just got to see this couple of plays: the seventy-five yard touchdown against Florida, and the ten yard t- touchdown versus Bama. So seventy-five yard touchdown against Florida. Like he's got, he's got speed that doesn't. He doesn't look that fast, but he's got that breakaway speed where he can he can take it to the house. And then the ten yard touchdown against Alabama. He's his contact balance, he sheds two, three tackles and gets into the end zone. I just, his contact balance is definitely the biggest thing for me. Right? His ability to shed tackles, to lower the shoulders and, and to really go for the hole is something that I think he's definitely one of the best in the class at. His vision is really good. His patience is something that I really, really like in terms of what his tape. He was a five-star recruit, so he's always sort of had that ability and he's really elusive, and his, and his and his cuts are really sharp and decisive as well. Um, his ball security is really good, and he's both inside and outside running ability. He's 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 got he's got all that in his armory. The only thing that he maybe struggles on is he's not a three down back; he's a two down back. Mm. His receiving skills aren't that great, and that's probably why we may talk about someone else later on. Um, that's why it's a crowded backfield down there in Georgia, where you've got. Uh, Kendall Milton, James Cook. We've got other backs there that are five-star recruits as well. Yeah. But that could be an advantage because he hasn't got much tread on, tread on the tyres. I think he's had a couple big injuries. I think he's had an ACL injury, yeah. uh, a couple of ACL injuries. So I think he has had those injuries. But if we can get a full season out of him, I would not be surprised if he goes rocketing up those draft boards because as a pure talent out-and-out runner, he's one of the best. If he can stay healthy, then he he can definitely challenge who we've got as our top guys. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with a lot of that, mate. Um, you know, it's one of those things where Georgia obviously do run the ball a heck of a lot, but they do have a massive stable of running backs to choose from. Mm-hmm. The reason why he's not in my top five is the injuries. It's just purely down to that. Talent-wise, it's all there. You know, and if he, what did he play? He played 10 games last year. I'm just 10 games, yeah, it was, it was 10 games, yeah. And if he can repeat that again and, and he can have another stellar season... You know he will. You're right. He'll go up the boards, but I just give him a bit of a, a bit of a tax on that injury front because we've just been talking about running backs, how short their life is um, in the NFL, coming up against bigger, faster, stronger defenders. And if you've already had big bangs, you know, to to recover from, then it's just it's just difficult for me to get on board, especially when there's other guys that I like so much better. He came in, I think, at number seven for me, so it's a player I like, but I just think I gave him a bit of a bit of a minus score in the injuries on my uh, grading scale that's per- perfectly understandable and that is the biggest question going into this season 
Um, but if you want to know what he's really about, just watch the play against uh, Cincinnati in the Chick-fil-A Bowl uh, mm. last year, where he's he's made four men miss and they're trying to wrap his hands around uh, their hands around him. And he's just evading contact. He's really nimble, sharp cuts. It's only, I think, an eight and nine yard game, but it's just so that that epitomizes what he is as a running back. So if anyone wants to see what he is, just just go to YouTube and just watch that play. But um, I really like him and I just really hope he stays healthy all year. Yeah, like I said, I think it, you'll be proven to be a bright man when, if and if he does have a really good season, third overall in terms of this running back class will look pretty clever, you know, to say that you were there nice and early. I'm just not there. I'm the nailing my, as Kieran likes to say, this is my hot take. I'm nailing my colours <laughs> to the mast in terms of I'm, I'm including a guy that maybe not, not many other people have talked about. Um, so we've talked about our number twos because we flipped them around. Yes. So, that, so that's all good. So there's one name missing that we both haven't talked about. And I'll be shocked if we don't have the same name. So I'll, I'll let you roll out the red carpet and introduce them to our listeners. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've got the same guy. It's Brees Hall out of Iowa State, right? So good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. How much did you enjoy this tape, man? I, I, I actually want to tweet him and I want to give him the, like, the nickname Smooth Criminal. Because he's just, I like it. Because he's, he's just he's the smoothest running back by country mile in this yeah. class. Yeah. And he, for me, if he was, if you were to compare him to last year's class, I think he would be the number two back just behind Najee Harris. I think he's better than Travis Etienne for me. Um, yeah, I mean, they're different, aren't they? But yeah, I, I could get on board with that. Yeah, I could get but on board with that. Fire away and tell us why you love him. Well, I mean, just to give him the kind of stats to begin with four star recruit, six foot one, 220. Where's the number 28 because of Adrian Peterson? And do you know what, mate? I'm a bit surprised just before we get into Brees Hall. But it's actually surprised that you mentioned about the SEC. And obviously, your list has been very SEC um, kind of uh, centric. Mine's very Big 12 centric. And I think it's the running back conference this year with likes of Gray, Spiller, can maybe chuck in Kennedy Brooks if you really like, Bijan Robinson as well. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, this guy, he's been productive obviously for a couple of years now. And, you know, he is the offense. So it's one of those things, isn't it, where Guys who are teams, should I say, who are playing at Iowa State, they know who the biggest threat is and they still can't stop it. Because like you say, he's got the speed and he's probably a little bit quicker than a lot of the guys that we've talked about. You know, he's got that extra sort of level, that extra sort of gear to his game. The ability to cut, like you say, is so smooth and sudden. It's unreal. Like he just gets himself in some situations and you just think, well, this has got to be a tackle. Kind of yeah. reminds me in that sense, I know it's a completely different position, but when I was watching C.D. Lamb a couple of years ago for Old Cloma, you know, he'd get into a situation, he'd be able to just jump out there like a gazelle and he'd create like an extra lane. And Bryce Hall's kind of like that in that sense. Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall, should I say. Um, like you say, um, he'd always fallen forward as well. Really tough to bring down to a contact balance, which is one of the top um, traits that I look for that really gives him kind of a boost up because, you know, you are coming up against uh, bigger, stronger guys. College is really spread out. So if you're able to kind of create space for yourself and you're able to withstand contact, then you kind of got the both ends of the bargain, so to speak. So yeah, no, I'm I'm all in on Brees Hall this, this year. I think he will be better in a power offense because he is such a powerful guy, but you know, he's all about beating people in space as well. So he's got that scheme versatility as well. So yeah, I just all in, all in. It's likewise, I, I couldn't actually find a weakness to his game because he's 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 good with his hands as well. And I think sorry I didn't what, mention that yeah. yeah and the one thing that I love about his game that has a bit of Lev Bell vibes to it. It's just so, so patient. Yes. And his stop-start move is just approaches the line slowly, sees where the hole is, and then bang, he's gone. Mm. 
And then you were talking about earlier with his top speed. There was a touchdown against TCU, a 75-yard touchdown. And it actually looks like he's jogging. It doesn't actually, it doesn't look like that's he's... smoothness though, right? Yeah, that's exactly. That's the smoothness. And I'm thinking, he looks like he's jogging. And the, de- and the defenders aren't getting anywhere near him. And he takes mm. it to the house for a, a 75-yard touchdown. I'm thinking, how much gas has this guy got? Because he's got the short burst acceleration. Mm. And then once he's gone, he's so hard to stop. Yeah. I absolutely love him. I think he's I think he's head and shoulders above everyone else in this class. I don't think anyone's close to him. Yeah, he's pretty clear in my ratings as well. And I think he's borderline. Obviously, we talk about taking running backs in the first round, but I think he could be the exception to the rule this year. Yeah, I mean, when you rack up 23 touchdowns, 33 touchdowns overall in you know in, in the last couple of years, if he does that again, this is again getting towards the conversation that we had a, a little minute ago. You're looking at Heisman candidate at least, you know, and if he does have that, you know, excellent year again, and there's probably a little bit of, um, you know, hype, say, around Iowa State at the minute, you know, they're rated really highly in the preseason, uh, top 25 and things like that. And we know the Heisman Award, as much as it is a quarterback award, you've got to have like a little bit of a storyline behind you. And if mm-hmm. Iowa State are this kind of like darling team for everyone, you know, they, they're probably not going to make the cultural play, of course not. But, you know, if they're like five, six by the end of the year and they've had like a really good season, maybe lost to Oklahoma in the Big 12 Championship or something like that, then you've got a, you've got a potential candidate. It'll be an outside candidate because of the quarterback centricness of this award. But yeah, I think we've got a, a, a real like gem on our hands here. Going back to what you said about the draft, I mean, I'd be happy to take him in the middle of the first quite easily. And I'm I'm a completely out, do never never draft a running back in the first round kind of thing, unless they're really special, kind of Saquon Barkley kind of thing. But he's not at that level. Let's just pull it out there. But yeah, middle of the second, most of the first round, sorry, I would be there. Do you think it's going to be really interesting that Iowa State offense this year? Because obviously we've seen the regression in Brock Purdy mm. and, and there's going to be even more of a reliance on the ball being in, in the hands of Reese Hall. Do you think it's going to be really interesting this year in that conference whereby defences are going to want to play the run first and then put that, put it in the hands of Brock Purdy to see, OK, is he still in regression? Because there's going to be some stat boxes against Iowa State and it'll be really interesting to see how he, how he manages to, to sort of manoeuvre his way through that. Yeah, it will. It will. But like I said at the beginning of what my sort of blurb on Breeze Hall, people have known about this guy all the time you know he's been productive the whole way through his college football career so there's there's no secret anymore you know and he's dealt with it really nicely in the past so I don't see a reason why he can't do that again because I think there's enough to threaten there you know you've got a little bit of talent on the Iowa State offense I don't think it's literally all on Brees Hall's shoulders in the same way that it was maybe um you know for Eric Gray at Tennessee or Ty Chandler at Tennessee or how it should have been anyway because there was like a complete lack of offensive talent on the offensive line and also in the pass catchers um, you know, generally speaking, anyway, apart from maybe one or two players, as I mentioned before, you know, Josh Palmer and, and um, oh, yeah, and that's it, and Trace yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, I just think he's done it before. There's no reason why he can't do it again. You know, he's going to be a bigger, faster, stronger, hopefully, himself for another year in the weight programme and, and just, you know, on his way to the NFL, just hopefully injuries can be avoided. And like you say, I think he's um, locked in for number one running back coming off the board in the spring. Well, I, I, that offense may not solely revolve around Brees Hall because if you listen to our tight end podcast, you'll see who my number one tight end is. So, um, there you go. Plug, 
a plug for our tight end podcast as well. So go and listen to it. Yeah, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but if you know your place for Iowa State, then you've got a pretty good idea of who it is. <laughs> um, cool. So we've been through our, our, our lists and we've got the same number one and we're all in on him. And let's talk about who we think is overhyped. Now, obviously, I've given my first one. I've actually got two, but I'll let you start off, Lee. Who, who is your most overhyped guy? Well, as I mentioned before, um, Kennedy Brooks, the player that I was going to bring up and obviously run out my top five now, so here he is. I don't know. I just I, maybe it's because I'd watched a couple of guys who I enjoyed, and then I watched Kennedy Brooks. I just thought he was a bit one paced. I just really thought he was one paced. Obviously, he 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 opted out last year as well, so I was watching tape from a couple of years ago, and I think like he's a complimentary back. I mean, he's been productive. He's got two thousand yard seasons under his belt, so maybe I'm you know being a bit harsh on him. He's definitely got the production, although. For me, production in college isn't that important. You know, we've seen plenty of players not be productive in college and then go on to have great NFL careers. Um, I just see him as like, yeah, he's just like a guy sort of thing. Like, and I know that's kind of funny to say that about a guy who's got like 2,000 yard seasons, but maybe he's been the beneficiary of this Oklahoma offense uh, quite a lot. And I just think, you know, considering how highly I've been speaking about Eric Gray, even though he's fourth, you know, I like, I like a lot of these running backs. I think Eric Gray is going to really overshadow him. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of do, you know, in, the, in terms of the targets and in terms of the snap share, I wouldn't be surprised if Eric Gray by the end of the year is, is taking a decent amount of shares off Kennedy Brooks. And, you know, then how does he recover from that? You know, if he does become second fiddle on his team and, you know, someone's taking his lunch money, coming in as a transfer, then where does it go from here? Because that's draft stock down, you're already a running back, you already had a season out, how can you recover from that? So there's just sort of question marks. And like I said, I just wasn't super, super impressed by him. I just thought he was at one pace and a bit, like I said, just a guy, really. Yeah. This year's going to be so interesting to see how, if Eric Gray's going to eclipse him by how far, and then it won't be a, a dual threat uh, running back stay, but it would be Eric Gray as the man and, and, and Kendi Brooks will be second fiddle. So obviously being out all, all mm. year last year. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, my overhyped guy is someone that PFF, have graded as a 94.2 rating. And I was like, right, let me see this with my own eyes. Again, SEC, it's Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky. Okay. Obviously, I don't I, read PFF, so I didn't yeah, know what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, like, like you said with Kenny Brooks, I just don't see it. He's, he's 5'11", 2'15", 2'20". He's just very stiff. He's, he's got no fluidity. Basically, he sees the hole and goes for it. And he's just, I, I like to see a bit more development in, 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 in a running back. The cuts, the elusiveness in open field. I, if you're just a, like a, a one-trick pony, I don't, that's not the kind of running back that I want to see. And he's not very elusive either. So once he gets to the open space, he's basically just, just go for it, go for it and just and just wait for the tackle to come rather than, use a few moves use a spin move use mm. you use something else whereby whereby you sort of take your game to that next level and as a receiving threat he's not really there as compared to other people in this class so when i saw that rating i thought i, I just can't marry it up and and part of that may be due to see the line that kentucky have and especially uh, darian canard being such a good run blocker yeah like him opening up those holes and probably any running back or, or the majority of running backs could could maybe have the production that Chris Rodriguez has. Yeah, he's just 
you know when you just maybe watch maybe a couple of minutes of tape and you just you think no it, you it's just not. get that instant gut feeling that I just don't see it or something doesn't mm. quite fit from what I've read or what I've heard um that's the guy that that, that sort of I fell on and, and that's why he's my overhyped guy well look I mean you said a couple of things that really set the alarm bells off anytime I'm watching anyone in back and this isn't against Chris Rodriguez or anyone stiffness you don't want that in the modern NFL it's all about speed it's all about agility the guy's a red shirt red shirt senior you know mm-hmm. and like you said before something really important that you mentioned Kentucky's offensive line not a great program but offensive line wise they produce really good offensive linemen mm-hmm. you know you've got Darian Canard probably the best one they've produced for quite a while but you know throughout the past few years they've had an offensive lineman who kind of people have been like, oh yeah, that guy's like a really good player. So I don't know who their offensive line coach is. He obviously knows what he's doing. And like you say, it gives him a little bump up in terms of their production. In terms of Rodriguez himself, it's not a player I've watched a great deal of, but there's a few alarm bells, like you say, from the things that you've just said there that set me off. And the fact that, you know, you're saying he's stiff, he doesn't have any wiggle. What are we looking at here? We're looking at like a big, like goal line back. And when are you drafting that guy? Like that guy's an undrafted free agent. Yeah, that profile anyway. Yeah, exactly. And as he's a redshirt senior, he's got wear and tear and he's going to have a significant more wear and tear this year because he is probably the focal point of that offense as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, just not for me. Not not one of my guys. So who's your under the radar guy? Have you you got anyone else that's overhyped or... Is it now the under just the just the one, just the one for each, mate? And so if you've got, got the one, go for it. No, no, no. I've I've got under their radar guys now. So who's your who's your one under the radar guy that we need all need to know about? So look, I know that I'm not hosting today, but so I can't like control the the, the flow of the conversation too much. You know, you've done a fantastic job. I have to get a Pac-12 guy in there, right? I can't yeah. I can't get out of here without getting a Pac-12 guy mentioned at all. I, I know you got to spread the love, right? <laughs> I definitely <laughs> do. He's actually a guy who was in when we released our um, all conference teams. Who's in my Pac-12 conference team? It's Rashad White from Arizona State. Like the sample size is not big and this is why it's underrated and he's not like getting up towards my top, you know, five, six, seven sort of thing. And, you know, we spoke about a lot of good players and he's not quite there as of yet. But my man, 10 yards a carry. You cannot complain about that at all, can you? So, I, you know. I had him as my number six. Oh, really? Uh, wow. You, yeah, I, 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 I was high on him. I, I think he's, what, what I, my first note that I wrote down is, he's a poor man's preschool. Oh, okay. Because mm. he, he's got that patience. Yeah. He's got that yeah. elusiveness and he's similar build, but it's just, he, he hasn't got that smoothness that we no. But I really, really like uh, Rashad White. And again, like he has kind of come the back door into college football. He played in Division Two for a little while, wasn't highly recruited out of, um, out of high school. Um, originally committed to UCLA, went to Arizona State. And again, it's another team. We've mentioned a couple of them, or I have at least that the arrows point upwards for. So you think, you know, in a good team, having a good season, production, hopefully it's going to get people noticing him. I'm not going to say he's like a day two guy. He's maybe not, especially if he comes out, you know, we've got that small sample size still. But if he's going to pull up, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to pull up 10 yards of carry again throughout the whole season next year. But at the end of the day, you know, if you can get towards that again, you're looking like a big play machine who someone will take a chance on, you know, day three and, Maybe even before that. So, yeah, he's my one to watch. He's my underrated guy. Uh, in an underrated, well, a team to watch almost, not an underrated team, but a, a team to watch for sure. Definitely, definitely. I, I like the way you think, because great minds think alike, because <laughs> I, I I really like him. He's in that, he's the top of my second tier. Okay. So, um, wow. so yeah, I, and obviously with the short and packed 12 season, hopefully this year, then we're going to see more production and then he'll be on more other people's radars a lot, a lot more this year. 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. What about yourself? What's your underrated guy? I've, I've got two. So I've got another SEC guy from <laughs> Missouri, Tyler Baday. I think that's how you pronounce his surname. Now he's five foot nine, 200. But I think he is the best receiving back out of this whole class. Ooh, his, okay. Yeah, yeah. His hands are really, really good. Um, absolutely awesome receiver. And he's got that explosive home run ability whereby if he sees the hole and there's no contact, he's gone. Mm. He, he, you can't catch him. He's really, really quick and really speedy. Um, and his vision, when he sees the hole, then he's off. So he, he's got that running back intuition and the IQ to to obviously be that home run threat. Now, obviously, the size is the biggest concern mm. and his contact balance isn't that great because obviously that size limits him there. But you know how we've talked about uh, Jerry Ely. I actually prefer Tyler Bade to, to Jerry Ely. Now, the stat line, this is what we talk about, you know, stats versus uh, tape. Mm. The stat line, if you saw a stat line last year, it's what, 240 yards, 240 yards rushing, and 333 yards receiving. So he was predominantly a receiving back. Mm. But I, I think he can develop his uh, rushing game a lot more. And I, if he is able to take that to the next level, I think he could be someone that could be sneakily going up boards to maybe early day three guy. Mm. I, think, I think that's probably his ceiling. But his receiving threat is definitely something that really pops off the, off the page in his video. And that's it. It's another kind of profile that you think, you know, it's kind of interesting. Day three, team's going to take a chance on him. Um, you know, he's one of them that you think he'll latch onto a roster in the NFL and then he'll be that guy who you're trying to draft in your fantasy lineup because he's a decent, you know, receiving back and, you know, he's a nice complimentary fantasy piece, maybe. Exactly. Exactly that. And um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can see some some production, especially on the rushing side, where I would like to see dual, if you can do dual purpose a thousand yards, that would be a cracking season for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And then my other guy is I'm going back to Georgia because I'm going back to the second, well, the number two back in their in their in their stable. But I think he's got so much more in his tank that I, I just want to see it this year. And it's James Cook. Mm-hmm. Now if you, need, if you watch his tape, there's one play against Alabama where 75-yard touchdown as a receiver playing on the outside, paired up against a linebacker. He absolutely, sort of his route running ability as a receiver was absolutely second to none. Great ball tracking ability and took, took it to the house for 75 yards. So he's a fantastic receiving threat. And he, that's basically what, what he's used mainly for Georgia. But then I came across his high school tape. He was a five-star recruit, recruit in Miami. And I just wanted to see, okay, what's his... What's his running ability like? He is elusive and he has got serious home run speed and he is a really fluid, smooth runner as well. And he's got a really decisive cut. And I just want to see more of that this year. Now, I, maybe that's not going to happen with uh, with White probably being the, the, the first, the two down back. And then again, Cook being in, being sort of brought in in, in, in third downs. But, if he if he can show what he did at high school, I've you know I put down a name and it's really far fetched, right? But I put down Jamal Charles. Okay, right, I like it. It's that an old school name as well. Yeah, it just reminds me of that because he's so quick and it, like the limited rushing um, sets he, he had, he was really quick and dynamic through the hole. 
and really elusive. And I just want to see more of that this year. Now, if scouts are watching, they'll probably they'll know about his high school ability and his high school tape. He's a five-star recruit. And he will have very little tread on the tyres. Mm. So he could be someone that people may, may sort of do analysis and think he's only a receiving back. But if scouts have done their homework, this could be a guy that is one of those that you get in the fourth round and then suddenly just explodes when he's given more responsibility. And that's why I've got him as my underrated guy, because if, if, if he can just have an opportunity being maybe the, the bell cow, maybe the three down back, if, if uh, uh, Zamir White gets injured, which is, is a distinct possibility, then that could be a name that could absolutely explode this year. I love it. Yeah, I love the way you've explained it as well. Like you say, you've raised so many good points about his like lack of um, usage and things like that. He almost strikes me as someone who maybe should consider transferring just to be that guy in the backfield. Maybe he doesn't want to leave Georgia. You know, that can go one of two ways. I guess it could mean that he's like, you know, insulated and wants that kind of comfort. Or, you know, there could be some reasons. Who knows? I don't know. I'm kind of speculating. But yeah, he's one of those that, like you say, could really explode in the NFL once he gets there because, like, the talent is there for sure. Like, he's not going to be a name on everyone's lips because he's not the guy for a big mm-hmm. program, but he's at a big program. And yeah, like you say, um, yeah, like I, said, I love the way you've explained it there. And you've raised loads of points about James White, he, uh, James Cook, sorry, not James White, a bit older. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not James White, the New England Patriots, <laughs> that always has been like, I don't know, one of the best receiving backs for a long, long time. So yeah, good. Uh, one, one name I just want to bring up before we end there. So, it's very interesting that none of us have mentioned any Alabama backs because okay. Alabama usually produce a back that's worth talking about. Mm. Now, Brian Robinson has always been the second in command down there. Yeah. What are you expecting this year? He's just got to prove it, right? Because like you say, he's he's always been second, third in line. And like you say, Alabama just cycling through these running backs for seemingly forever. He's got an opportunity. But he, am I right in saying he's a redshirt senior? He's a redshirt senior, yeah. So he's like an older prospect. He's just got to go out there and prove it. And you know what? He's going to have plenty of opportunity because of the way the the Alabama play. Mm -hmm. So if he can put together a nice season, you know, he's going to get drafted because someone's going to take a chance on an Alabama running back, right? Because he's going to be well coached. He's going to be intelligent. He's going to know the game. It's just about putting that together and kind of proving it to everyone. And he's almost in the same sort of position as like we've just been talking about with James Cook. Like he needs a stage to prove himself. Unlike James Cook, though, Robinson's going to get it, right? He's going to be that lead guy, you know, hopefully, and for his sake, anyway. So there's not been enough to kind of really make me comfortable to analyse him and, like, put a grade on him, if I'm perfectly honest with you, so I've not really graded him. But, you know, situation-wise, it's all there for him, and, you know, he's got to grab it with both hands, and it could be one of those things where, you know, we, we can say about quarterbacks, stuff like, oh, who's the next Joe Burrow? It could be like a Burrow-like rights, but the running back position sort of thing. Yeah, I, 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 you, you've absolutely nailed it in terms of I just don't think there's enough tape where I can put my hat on on him and said, right, he is going to absolutely rock out the draft mm. boards. Mm. It's, he's got the best situation a running back can ask for yeah. um, and, and the best coaching a running back can ask for. So it wouldn't be a surprise if he absolutely explodes this year. Mm. But, you know, every time I have watched him, I just don't feel that star quality compared to other backs that Alabama have had, mm. uh, like Josh Jacobs, your uh, Najee Harris's, your Derek Henry's. Like, there's just, he is not that star quality. Maybe he's more at the level of a Damian Harris kind of guy. Yeah, it's not where, a person. Whereby that may be his level. 
but it, that's going to be so intriguing to watch and how he, how he, what, what his production is at the end of this year. Yeah, absolutely. We made me uh, kind of laugh the way that you kind of were looking out as though you were going to close it out there because I was going to do exactly the same thing. And you, you went on to mention Brian Robinson, which is not the guy who I was going to mention. But I just wanted to kind of quiz you because I find it kind of interesting that neither of us like this guy. I thought I was going to be kind of like the odd one out in this. But um, Zonovan Knight from, I think, South Carolina, is it? North Carolina, sorry. North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Where do you kind of see him? Because he's an running back that I expected at least one of us to like before I started watching the tape. I didn't like him. I expected someone else, in this case, obviously, you to like him. But neither of us have got him in our top five. He's in that second tier for me. So he's my number right. seven. So Bam okay. Knight. Yeah, so Bam Knight, Zonovan Bam Knight. He's, he's that sort of, that typical running back. Nothing really pops off the page to say like, there's something about, That's there's it. something, there's something about him that just makes him different to the others. <laughs> he's like that sort of on a roster, he's maybe your second or third running back in, in the NFL. It's just maybe he would, he'll do a serviceable job and maybe go around a few teams later on in his career but I just there isn't that star quality that puts him in the top five echelon compared to the guys we've we've talked about yeah yeah I'd agree with that because this is what I thought I was kind of underwhelmed by the tape and I thought again I'll use that phrase again he's just a guy yeah he'll get drafted second maybe third day he'll be on a roster he'll have a nondescript career and then he'll kind of disappear out the league that's what I kind of feel like his projection is and he's kind of um, he's well, unless he shows a bit more this season, kind of the way his career is going to go, maybe. But I hear a lot about him. I almost put him in my overrated section, but I just went with one with Kennedy Brooks. Um, but I do hear a lot of chat about this guy, but I don't tend to see it. And it sounds like we see it in the same way, actually. Yeah, because we we talked about um, uh, Ikeme Kumu at, at North Carolina in our offensive line pod. Yeah. And I absolutely love him, the way he's violent. I've been talking about it on our WhatsApp group, just violent. And he opens up the lanes for, for Bad Night. But, yeah, I'm always wanting more. Mm. And that's the feeling I got watching the tape. Yeah. He's one to watch for this season, for sure. Like you say, he's not going to be on a great team. But it's going to be kind of his torch to carry, I'd say, in mm-hmm. terms of, like, he's going to want to carry the offence. So it's one to watch, but I'm, I just wanted to kind of raise it because I was interested to get your thoughts on him because I thought that that's what you were going to say when you kind of were closing out the programme there. Mate, we've, we've got two good sets of eyes here. Like, <laughs> yeah, so we've, you... we've agreed on most things, I think. So. Yeah, exactly. Unlike unlike the pods with me and Andy, whereby it was a <laughs> sort of right ding-dong on who are, he had he had number one or number two and I had as an overhyped and vice versa. We seem to be in alliance, so... Um, I don't know, we could take that feedback to Andy and say, <laughs> we're on the same page. Eh? We're on the same page. Look, this is what we're seeing. So maybe, uh, maybe, uh, yeah, pass on our wisdom. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. Okay, great. Now, this has been a really good conversation. And um, yep, this is, that's finished our offensive summer scouting series. So Lee, give us a, give us a closing statement and uh, tell us where we can find you. Yeah, so <laughs> again, it's weird having to kind of take it from you on that one. <laughs> I'm usually the one doing this. Um, yeah, at Wakefield90 on Twitter. Um, it's not usually just me behind that full-time yard CFB handle now. You've got the logging details and he's on the logging details. So it's not all me that's getting all the hate and making all the controversial statements. Um, but yeah, you can find me at Wakefield90, like I say. Um, bringing out and bringing our new, one, one of our new features that we've got going on for the new college football season, which obviously starts tomorrow as you're hearing this. We're recording on Thursday night, but this will be with you Friday morning. 
And I've written uh, this week's uh, UK TV preview, which to be fair, in week zero, I'm quite disappointed with BT Sport. There's not a great deal going on. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a weekly feature for us that'll drop each and every Friday morning. Should be at the same time with podcasts. So, so if you're listening to this, go onto the website and check it out because we're going to have the kind of all details and a preview of the games that you can see um, on UK TV legally, I'll say in brackets, as I did in the article as well. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's the next thing I'm bringing in. Um, but yeah, looking forward to college football season, mate, and looking forward to getting together with more pods. And like you say, I enjoyed this one. We can, it's, we can smell it. It's close. It's so close. So um, yeah, I'll finish it off so you can find me at the Garch. So first and foremost, our NFL season draft guide is out. You can buy it online, digital copy. Go to our Full 10 Yards website, follow the college football page or the Full 10 Yards account on Twitter as well, and purchase purchase the guide. I contributed towards it, Lee contributed towards it, Andy contributed towards it, the whole team contributed towards it. It is good. I'm not I'm, I'm not just saying that because I know it's good, but it is good. So just get your copy before the season starts and there's some real juicy information in there to, to really get your, get your teeth stuck into. And yeah, just from me, obviously the season's starting and everything's exciting. And after this week's preseason games, I'll be doing a rookie deep dive as well to see how the people we were talking about last year, how they've fared and how they've not fared and maybe upsetting Kieran about Jamar Chase um, <laughs> with his jelly hands. But um, but apart from that, yeah, that that be be expecting that from me in the next couple of weeks. So great to listen, uh, like, subscribe and, and retweet the pod. And we will be back soon with uh, some week previews of the college football season so stay tuned thank you so much for tuning in to the full 10 yards thank you for tuning into the full 10 yards college football podcast we have great information and some great content for you guys keep on flying that flag